Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice in My Mind. You would think that now we are into the summer months that this would be a time when we're getting outside, we're getting that vitamin D that we are so deficient in getting in the, in the winter months. And that's why and, we're both in our basements recording. And recording and sniffling <laughs> and coughing and everything that bit. you would not have to worry about dealing with in the summer in the north, which you which is never the case. But as sniffly and sneezy as we are, um, this is a cool time of year because one we can get out and get outside and yep. actually do things that help our pasty white complexions and it's the time of year when you are coming off of a school year so you yep. have a little bit of extra time i have a little oh, bit yeah. of extra time because i'm in that job transition yep and we have been able to play some games we we first of all uh, one of us is pasty white and I'll give you a hint audience. It's not, me. it's you. <laughs> oh, please. Um, but, but yeah, no, this is, it's, this has been, God, we've talked about this for two and a half, three years. This has been so much fun. What have we been playing? It will surprise no one. Uh, uh paranoia. No, no, no. What game have we been oh, playing? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Star right. Trek Adventures, of course. That's the one. So, you know, it's funny because I do have Paranoia right there on my shelf. But well, I know, and, and I've been reading about it, but that's a story for another day. Go that ahead. is a story for another day, right. Yeah. Um, we have been playing Star Trek Adventures, and I mean, Jim Johnson told us this a long time ago, but oh, man, is it fun. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, so... You know, to to catch people up for the for the few that listen, um, we have done some gaming. Obviously, we did some gaming before we even started this podcast. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been interested in doing it. Oh, of course. That. Yeah. Um, but since we started the podcast, when we were doing it weekly, we were barely able to keep up and breathe just because we had so many cool people that would be willing to talk with us. Yep. Um, we had no time. Mm-mm. And no. so we went to the bi-weekly release schedule. Yeah, with the goal of eventually playing. Playing. And the first game, I mean, obviously, you've done some Star Wars, leading some Star Wars games. We've both yep. done some D&D. Well, you we've, especially, yep. Yep, we've done some of Modern Age. And you, we're you, getting the, ready. The, the first, remember, back in the day, long before we started the podcast, Dice and Mine, we, you GM'd Pathfinder for me. Oh, yeah, that's how I right. that, yes. That's how I got you back. You're like, I'm in, but... I really want to do this. And I finally yeah. gave in and that's how it started. That's how it started. Yeah. And it was, I, I think G you're being very, you're being very uh, nice and saying no, that no, because, game, but... because you did. I mean, it's all a learning curve for us if we haven't played it. Yeah. And so it was a lot of fun, but now we have time and we are playing oh, Star Trek. And obviously we've been wanting to for a long time, a long time. The timing was perfect because it just came off of the end of Picard, which to me, I'm still, just enamored with the... yeah. and of course now we have season two of strange new worlds we'll talk about that more later not yeah. not these coming episodes but we'll make this short because we have to go right to jim because that's where the fun stuff is yeah um it's already out there that they're releasing um a source book for lower decks and some material out there that came out yeah. Yeah. um before we've talked we've started playing and you actually are 
working and adapting one of yeah. the lower decks um uh campaign missions yes um yes as part of our play so so so, so to, to maybe transition us to yeah. to the to the episode to the interview i should say uh some time ago we're talking months months uh a good friend of the podcast, Jim Johnson, uh, showrunner, if you will, right? Uh, lead editor and project manager and generally grand poobah of Star Trek Adventures with Modiphius reached out to us so kindly and offered to come back, uh, hinting, I'm going to have something to show you. Well, you know, we... We lost some composure, I think, on texting on the phone in the ensuing days. Like, okay, oh, yeah. what's he going to do? And we had our, we had our our conceptual wagers of what what was it? I'm glad I changed my prediction at the last minute. Um, but but as you'll hear in the as you'll hear in the interview, uh, we beat him to the punch. He was hoping to show us, actually show us the lower decks source book, but alas. It wasn't there. Yeah. So ultimately it didn't reach in time, but um, we're going to talk about that. This is a two-parter. So for the next two episodes, um, sit back and and enjoy. We're going to talk about Trek. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about all sorts of different stuff. And it's yeah. always a blast. Jim is always so gracious with his time. We could have, you know, I think we've got what, two hours of, of yeah, so we're going to keep our bits really quite short this week and the yeah. next episode so that we can really use our time well and just chat with Jim. Yeah, and 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 that doesn't we could have kept going and and but we wanted to be cognizant of Jim's time, but thank you Jim and I think we can roll. Jim Johnson is the author of the Pistols and Pyramids series, the Potomac Shadow series, and other prose fiction series currently under development. He has written sundry other pieces of fiction, including several stories published in the Star Trek universe, and has freelanced for pen and paper role-playing game companies, including Modiphius, Star Trek Adventures, Decipher, The Lord of the Rings RPG, and White Wolf, Mage the Ascension. Jim lives in historic Alexandria, Virginia, with his wife, toddler, and a pair of crazy cats. All right, now that we've pushed all of the buttons to make sure everything is in order, and I've turned off AI Brad and put on real Brad, we have Jim Thompson with us. Yeah, sorry. You Yay, Jim. Tonight. Um <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't bring AI Jim. We have real Jim here. Well, we think um, so. I mean, this is a Zoom call, so deepfakes are pretty good. Well, yeah. we do video, so we can kind of tell. But Jim, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's funny. We've been on a like Star Trek kick just outside of the podcast for oh a while, just because of Picard and yeah. and um, we're still geeking over Utopia Planitia because Jason and I have just been. Um, yep, designing a ship for our first adventure and We're finally getting into Star Trek adventures after talking about it for two years. Yeah. We finally both have the time where yeah. it's like, we're just going to play now. Oh, excellent. Well, great. Well, thank you. Know, Brad, uh, Jason, thanks so much for having me back on the show again. I'm really grateful uh, that you, oh. uh, you keep inviting me back. So thanks for that. Please. I'm excited to hear that you're enjoying uh, Utopia Planitia. I want to oh hear all God. about your ship. Yeah. And, and oh. we've been geeking out about 
um, some of the other announcements that you made. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you and your team are on fire. I, I, I have to say, and we were messaging you on um on on Twitter when this was announced, but I don't I am so so pleased and excited that there is a lower decks yes. campaign guide. I mean, when 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 lower decks as a show was announced, my initial thought was, well, that's just stupid. I don't want Trek on a cartoon. I mean, remember the animated series? No, no one watched that. I, I know there's a fan base, but but it's like, oh my God, don't do that again. And I mean, I absolutely love Lower Decks, right? It's what what Mike McMahon has done. It's just brilliant. And so then when you all announced there's going to be a book yeah. on this and you can play in that world, it's like, I think my comment to Brad was, it's like Acquisitions Incorporated meets Star Trek in my mind. It's like taking two of my favorite approaches to life and uh -huh. putting them into the game. So yeah, we've been geeking about that too. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Very but good. thank you so much for being here. We love having you on. We love talking to you. Um, I actually, uh, earlier this evening, I was thinking, seriously, this isn't a joke. We had promised you a smoking jacket if you were the first to hit five interviews. And I've started seriously thinking if we can get you back one more time in the future, I have thoughts about what we're going to send you. Oh, well, we, uh, that's assuming he actually wants to give us a he give his address out to us. That, notice I uh, did put the proviso of if you come back. Right. Okay, but, um, you know, there's but but I have some real thoughts, especially since it's occurred to me seriously, who in the Federation would smoke, but there are I, I have thoughts. So I'm just putting that out there. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm grateful every time you invite me back and uh, not to sound like a corporate shill, like we've got no shortage of, we have no shortage of new products coming out, but we don't like we don't have to get together just to talk about new products. Right. I mean, we can no, just no, talk no. About Star Trek and life and everything else. I mean, I've been listening to some of your recent interviews and they're just amazing. You get well, you, you get you get just the most fascinating guests on your show. And I'm, I'm so impressed every time I listen to you. And it's like, oh, it's, I mean, the the uh, the the um. The meteorologist you had on, oh, Katie, she was, yeah. Yeah. that was such a great episode. I just, I was Thanks. just loving that because mm -hmm. I, I put, I put your show on when I'm working, and uh, so I can listen to you guys in the background while I'm doing my, doing, you know, going about my day. Mm. And uh, I said, like, oh, it's just fascinating stories that these people tell. And uh, and uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, right? Like uh, I listen to that stuff, and it's like, God, why do they keep inviting me back? I'm, I'm just talking about Star Trek Adventures. I'm boring as hell, man. You get, like, <laughs> okay. We've never thought on, so. You know? No, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest. Jason and I have been, you know, we've been fans. Uh, we we all have here been fans of Trek for yeah. ages. And, oh my god, yeah. And obviously STA, but you know, we've been, we've had you on here and we've talked about the process of mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. and the you know in terms of how you would produce an, an mm -hmm. adventure or a mission or anything like that. So we've broadened even beyond that but one of the things i have to ask is this is the loaded broad question is what's new in your world these days what's new in my world these days um yeah. it, it's so hard to see outside the star trek bubble because hmm. i mean not only because i'm working on star trek adventures right but because there's just so much star trek out there hmm. these days right i mean and that's a, in my opinion that's a good thing right uh, I, I haven't reached max capacity yet. I know some people have, um, but like I, I hear the announcements for like Section 31 and I hear the oh. conversation around Starfleet Academy, the mm -hmm. new series. And I'm like, yeah, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Like I, I will I will keep taking Star Trek until That's I'm saturated right. and I'm not saturated yet. Like mm -hmm. uh, I, 
I've still got there's there's new novels, there's new comic books, there's new video games coming, there's new RPG stuff coming. Mm. Uh, WizKids just announced some new miniatures games. I'm not as I'm not yeah. as big into miniatures games, oh. but mm. just the fact mm. that they're continuing to to release product on, and new product is like oh yeah, is yeah. that. Because that all ties in. I mean, it all ties together because we know that the fans mm-hmm. are going to be buying our game and they're going to be buying their game and they're going to find ways to combine them together, even yeah. if they're just using the miniatures, um, you know, at the table or something. So, um, you know, for, for a Star Trek fan, well, actually, for a for a Star Trek fan who isn't super jaded, this is like the golden era plus oh. one or something because oh, yes. so much. Yeah. And, and you know if you're not jaded and you and you're not like oh I hate discovery or I hate lower decks or I hate blah 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 it's like you just put push that hate aside like there's something for everybody there's a Star Trek for everybody I think and if you just you know don't focus on the things you don't like and just focus on the things you do yeah. like then you'll be fine I'll, I'll, I'm going to reframe it this way this is the golden <laughs> age of Trek plus momentum yeah you know because you can do you can take it wherever you want right yeah. they are different flavors mm-hmm. of trek now so like we're we're recording this fairly well in advance but when this and it'll probably end up being two episodes the way we cut it but when this drops it'll be just days before um season 2 of strange new worlds new worlds and yeah. and so for example right you have picard behind us strange new worlds just ahead of us mm-hmm. and um I think they are almost equally beautiful and wonderful in so very different ways, right? To your point, you can, there's Trek for everyone at this point, even for kids, really. Yeah, totally. Totally. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we're just enjoying, I mean, me personally, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying all of it. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm waiting for my son to get just a little bit older so I can really get him into it. He's, He's seven and he's like he's mm-hmm. watched a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. I just I haven't quite gotten him hooked yet. We are reading the books though, and here you know, here's a funny oh. little tidbit. Um back in the day, like 90, no, it was 76, 77, Random House briefly had a license to do some Star Trek books, and they did three hardcover like children's books. Uh one was called The Prisoner of Vega, one was called mm-hmm. Truth Machine, and like looking back, they're not that great. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. they're, they're a little dated. Um, but like he's been pulling like I don't know what has gotten into him, but like the last couple of weeks he's been on a Star Trek kick and he's been pulling these off the shelf and asking me to read them at nighttime. And I'm like, oh, I'll read these all day long to you, buddy. And so we've That's been reading beautiful. those. And uh, we've also got this huge, gigantic book. It's like uh, it was a parody of Where's Waldo? It's the search for Spock. It's so good. And so Rob, Rob oh. Perlman, right? I think it was Rob Perlman uh, wrote this. And it's like this big art book, and and it like you know, like Spock is hidden in all these different pictures, and he just loves looking for him. And of course, at this point, we've done it so many times that he's memorized where Spock is on every yeah. every spread, yeah. and so it's not difficult for him. But he just loves to read them. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm working on getting my getting him into it, right? Um, so, so it's seven, so, yeah. seven, eight. I mean, like, how do you think you will introduce him? show wise like i know i introduced my girls i mean it was always around the house and on tv but i introduced my girls more intentionally to trek when they're both in high school now but i did that several years ago when they were basically both in middle school and i chose voyager because of what it represented for two you know young women but but like do you have you given thought to what you'll like how will you introduce him to the shows well how what would you choose that's a great question I, I had intended to get him started on Prodigy, mm-hmm. um, and he, mm-hmm. he watched the first two episodes with me, and he generally liked them. He watched the very first one, and and his first reaction upon watching it was, "Where's, 
where's the ship right where's where's the star trek ship because in that first episode that first 30 minute episode you don't really mm-hmm. see you don't really see the protostar mm-hmm. until the very end right and then into episode two and so fairly i mean like he was interested in Dow, and mm-hmm. he was interested in like what the mystery was behind what species he was or wasn't or whatever but his very first like his first real reaction was where's the ship and i was nice. like yeah yeah where is the ship? <laughs> there. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll probably, I'll probably try him on Prodigy. And then I think we'll t- probably, I'll probably do a little cherry picking and show him like the trouble with Tribbles and some of like the fun episodes. And then, and like then I'll the ghost see, candle. I'll, I'll see where go- no, not the ghost. <laughs> no, I think we'll wait on that one. Sub Rosa, you know, Sub Rosa, Shades of Gray. You know, we'll we'll wait on those until he's a little more, you know, has a little bit more ability to kind of process that stuff. That's fair. But uh, I mean, you know, the great thing about Star Trek, of course, is that uh, there's a thousand hours of Star Trek I can show him. So uh, amazing. um, Great question, though. I I have not actually given that a huge amount of thought, but I probably should at some point. Um, Yeah, I mean, mean, there's no wrong answer. Yeah, there is no wrong answer, and uh, he's got time. Like I I told him. I told him, you know, when I was seven, I saw Star Wars and and he just hasn't quite gotten into Star Wars. I'm mean, like, we've read a lot of the a lot of the kids books, but he's not quite ready for it yet. Yeah. And, and that's OK. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, I know his friends talk about Clone Wars and his friends talk about uh, uh, Grogu and the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But it's not something he's been so interested in that he'll come to me and say, hey, dad, let's go or daddy, let's go watch uh, yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, he's exactly. more focused on uh ninjago and uh some of the other great pbs uh kids shows that are out there right now which i'm 100 supportive of right like kid you know pbs kids yeah let's let's learn something and have some fun along the way um i, uh, I regularly we'll get there i i regularly like before we were recording we hit record we were talking about just your how much you have on your docket and and your your work process whenever you mentioned like doing the dishes about 30 minutes right and mm-hmm. i i regularly will stand at the sink doing dishes after dinner or whatever in the mornings to unload and i will find myself humming or singing the theme song to like dinosaur train and all of these because that was i'm I'm dead serious that was because that's that's what we had when you know that those were all coming out as my girls were getting old and i mean i i kind of loved a bunch of those shows i they were great still pbs rocks has did did your kid did your son ever get into the wiggles the Wiggles. I don't no, know what that is. Okay, if you don't know, no disrespect to anyone out there who are a Wiggles fan, that one is one of those where you could go down the rabbit hole in terms. It's mm-hmm. a music. It's a group that does yeah. music, and oh, I think it is addicting to the point where you literally want to poke your ear eardrums mm-hmm. out just because once you hear one of those songs, it just yeah. sticks with you. So that's the one because mine are nineteen and seventeen now. That was okay. what. So um, they're not watching the Wiggles anymore. No, they're not. No, but no. the funny thing was, it became such a deal. Is behind they, they nobody could see this, but behind my bar, yeah. right over here, is a Wiggles poster okay. that um, the kids and the kids we, got for. We me, should so. also qual. We should qualify that when Brad says behind my bar, this is a bar that is laden with Lego dioramas. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the <laughs> there's that. the that's the Giza pyramid. <laughs> And right over yeah. there is the um, yeah. Oh, good. My son builds all of those. He's, yeah, he's a he's a Lego freak. And cool. here in Milwaukee, we'll get we'll get back on track. Here in Milwaukee, every basement has a <laughs> no, bar. Yeah. And oh, same here. We took ours out uh, yeah. like five, ten years after living here. It, uh, it's just the era. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, that's a it's a Lego. It's literally my son Trent's Lego um, thing, and he's 
trying to buy now is it the razor crest the one that's like 16 oh, right. feet 16 I, feet long and so super affordable right yeah oh yeah yeah anytime you guys want to get me on to geek out about legos i am i'm all oh. I'm a lifelong I'm a lifelong Lego fan. I have successfully got my son into Legos like hardcore. And um I, I don't have him. I'm still in the middle of redesigning like your viewers won't see this, but like I'm in the middle of redoing my my shelves. I, I thought me. it looked different. I'm trying yeah. to move all this, I'm trying to move all this crap out of here so I can get my Star Trek stuff behind me. And yes. um I found out about six months ago that there's a company in Germany called Blue Bricks. And Blue Bricks has the license to do Star Trek uh, building building sets, right? So it's not Lego, but Ooh. it's almost Lego. And I was I was a little skeptical because I, I will admit I am a I am a Lego snob, and yeah. like I have not found another building company, a building brick company that does Lego. I mean, does that type of yeah, yeah. building toy quite as well as Lego? Of course, Lego's been around for seventy odd years. They they've got their precision down to a yeah. very fine art. And um, so I so I bought a couple of the blue brick sets just to see if they were worth anything. And and I tell you, um, as a hardcore Lego aficionado for my entire life, I am really impressed with their stuff. Oh. Um, what did you point. what did you get? I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, so um, I, I was fortunate enough. My 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 wife and my son uh, got me the Defiant as a Christmas present. And it's the it's the oh. full big honking like the UCS version of the Defiant. It's like it's like you know three feet long. Oh, Brad's having a moment. Bring it yeah. Down. Oh um, wow. But but I swear you know when I opened up the bags and like you, you got that you know and this is getting into the weeds right. Nope. Lego has a particular feel right. Yes. The, the type of ABS plastic that they use has a particular feel. Yep. And um, when I put those a bag of the blue bricks into a into a cup, I was like. You know what? If I put a cup of Lego in here in one side and a cup of blue bricks, and I and I did like a blind a yeah. blind field test, right? Yeah. I don't think I could tell the difference. Okay, so ser serious question here. Yeah. I'm, I'm dead serious. Does do they have that Lego sound? Like, yeah. and yeah. do they have the smell? It's subtle. Um, not quite the smell, but okay. they got the, they got that plastic. But they have the sound. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that happy plastic waterfall sound is so great. Uh, their instruction books are really good, really clear. Uh, it looks like Brad's already on the website. Yeah, go to Blue. Bird. Oh yeah, I, I'm surprised. Honestly, it took him. Um, so yeah, the Defiant, <laughs> Sorry, I got to come back. I got to close this. Oh I yeah, I want to see that because they yeah. got the Defiant. They got the Enterprises. They even have the Enterprise C. Yeah, they got a so. lot of great stuff. Um, oh, but man. Um, so so I got I got the Defiant and I built that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Yeah. So then, then I went on the website and I bought some of the smaller sets uh, yeah. just to see how those compare. And I, I got the. Um, uh, the Valjean, the the Maquis Raider, oh, yeah, wow. guy, which is just you know just a little model, but it's yeah. a little bit bigger than the Eagle Moss models. But the, I mean, okay. just the, the design is great. And then I got the um, um, the, the little Gem Hadar fighter because uh, it's it's just nice and compact. In fact, do I have it here? Um, you, again, your your viewers won't see it, but uh, we don't care if we get sorry, to see viewers. it. Will be. Sorry, sorry viewers, sorry viewers. Yeah. You're not as important oh, right yeah. now. Oh, there it is. Hang on, hang on. But so I'm just imagining. So Jim's office is like a a battle so, starfield. Like, like oh, look at the color. Oh, that's the gorgeous. colors on this are great. And then it looks like Lego. The, they got the um, they got the purple right, the purple stuff underneath. So oh. the colors are really sharp. But what 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 really impressed me about this is is that they um, oh, I, I came apart. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back in 15 minutes. I don't remember which way I had this. But uh, on the stand, they put the Jem Hadar symbol on the stand, oh. which I thought was like, oh. or the Dominion symbol. That's right there. a nice I was, detail. I was like, what a great, what a great little touch right there. 
Uh, That's anyway, gorgeous. Yeah, so blue, blue bricks. If you are a Lego aficionado, I'd say give them yeah. a try because their models are excellent. Uh, the you. shipping yeah. takes a little while because the shipping is coming from Germany. Yeah, yeah. Of course, but uh, uh, once it gets through customs, I think you'll be really impressed with it. And um, wow. no American I, I, vendor, huh? Uh, no, oh. no, which I'm surprised about. But yeah. uh, um, I've got the I've got the runabout. And I just have not opened it yet. Oh, I. I promise they have myself, the Delta Flyer too. Yeah, they do have the Delta Flyer, which I, which I thought looked cool. I, I I may have to look into that someday, but uh, right now I'm still DS9, so I got the I got the Defiant, and then I I got I bought the Runabout, but I have not built it yet because I'm trying to get one more big project off my plate, and then I'm going to treat myself. <laughs> and, uh, and every and, time oh. we talk with you, Jim, about anything, there's at some point it's like, I got to get one more big project off my plate. Yeah. I, I I am a sucker for the Runabout. Mm, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I just. I fell in love. That's what you named your car. That's that what is what I named my car. Uh, yeah. I. I just ever since it debuted with DS9, I just think, it's just, it. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a little, little, little bit Millennium Falconish, but I yeah. just think it is a gorgeous craft. Yeah, it's the it's the only Eagle Moss model that I have <gasps> on my desk. It's oh, just that's old, nice. Old, 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 old. Oh. I, I've had this for like five or six years, and I just oh. it, it's right there by my desk, and it just. I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure partly it's because I'm a DS9 fan, but uh, mm -hmm. I just I love the design when I yep. first saw it on screen. Mm -hmm. It was like um, it reminded me a little bit of the space shuttle. Actually, it was like just this oh, you know, space truck that you go out That's and you right. just get stuff done. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was yeah. just like, it's just this handy. Like, who wouldn't want to just pop into a runabout and just go explore the galaxy? Right? I would be all over that. Oh, in a heartbeat, because right, it's and and you know, you had a lot of there were a lot of good episodes that at least partially took place because we also we saw the runabout you know at least we they intimated enough that we, you could see like yeah you could totally road trip so to speak in a runabout for months at a time yeah for sure i would totally run i would totally run uh, in a heartbeat yo 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 astral road trip i guess as it were yeah um, yeah no no that that yeah. maybe is more drug induced but still yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is a gorgeous. It is. A, I got a little Enterprise D, the fat one, uh -huh. uh, hanging from my windshield. But yeah, I'm gonna who have lo to. Who loves, the, who loves the fat ones, right? Oh, <laughs> they, oh, oh my god! They, they have the actual DS9. I could actually. It's only. It's about what is it? 220 American. I guess I. I better how, start saving up. How big is it? It's well. It said 2,500. Uh, it's 2500 almost 3,000 pieces. How? So, how? What? What's the? I'm just curious. What's the? 650 dimension? by 600 by 430 millimeters. So, oh, I mean, not the, huge. No, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, you know, I, looked at, I looked at DS9 and I, I looked really closely at the pictures and I was like, oh, it's a lot of repetitive building. Do I really want to get into that? Oh, that's fair. It, it reminded me of the uh, what, what did I see Lego did a couple of years ago? The Coliseum, right? That big, gigantic <gasps> Coliseum set that had like 9,000 pieces or something. Oh my and god, like, that's a cool model. Two problems I have no place to put it. And it's super repetitive. Like it, I would just, it would, it would just it blow would, my mind doing the yeah. same pieces over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah. Anytime you want to geek out about Lego, I am, I am all over. We that. that that's that's got to be our next talk. I we were actually in just briefly. We were my family and I were in London this last winter break, and I don't know if it was Piccadilly Circus. It was somewhere we were just walking by. It was really busy, and I look in a window. And I realize it's a Lego shop, and it's later, so everything's closed. Can't go in, but it's a Lego shop, and in the window is the full Big Ben, all Lego, mm. super detailed, like twelve feet tall. Yeah. And I just froze. My no one understood what was so exciting. I started taking pictures. It was just, it was absolutely gorgeous. 
Trent, my son wants to do the the Eiffel Tower, but we don't have room in the house for it. Yeah. Oh, is it that big? So it's like four feet tall, apparently. Oh, God. Tall. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a floor model, and we don't really have the floor for it. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. You, Jason's been in my basement you, you, when he crashed here, and he knows that there's. I, I mean, you could see behind there's room over in these little areas, but yeah. again, you don't need that much workspace. You can move no, some of your stuff. No, yeah, exactly. So hang it from the ceiling. <laughs> oh, it's not a bad idea. Actually, I know people do the do the gluing of the Legos when they when they. No sacrilege. Yeah, I know we've never done that, but no craggle um, on your Lego. Oh, craggle! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I may have to watch that again. Oh, it was so good. Actually, my my son ate that up. We watched the Lego movie one weekend, and then we watched the Lego Batman movie the following weekend. And he liked the Lego movie better. Lego Batman was okay, but it was kind of uh, of one note. And um, But he really enjoyed the Lego movie. What, what, Jason, I've only, have you seen these? Or? I've only seen um, and this was a while ago, and it was because of my nephews during like a we were over at my parents all together. Um. What's the Lego movie, quote unquote, where you've got the the spaceship guy just yelling spaceship, spaceship? Uh, and... That's the Lego movie, but then he does it more in Lego Movie Two, as I understand it. I think yeah. okay, so I think yeah. I have but seen Benny, the Benny, Benny the spaceship guy. Okay, yeah, I've seen that one. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, and, and, and Benny, uh, I mean, I, I know they did this intentionally. But uh, but Benny was one of the uh, like the early seventies uh, uh, space minifigs with the you know with the helmet and the and the oxygen tanks on the back. But they they broke the they intentionally uh, in the movie they broke his uh, his just to bring it off kilter a little bit because the, the, like so many of us that had the space guys back in the day that was one of the first things that broke was that stupid little uh, that little chin strap that was right chin in the strap. There. absolutely and, 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 and then and i never, would... it never broke off it just no. broke in half that and then you'd search <laughs> like I, all of my sets when i was little they were all those space sets the beautiful blue and gray right where you just were building spaceships and you had the the mission and i and the my i love the i had the moon the lunar squares Right where? Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. God! I, I was playing with those straight until college. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think we gave times, everything. Star oh. Trek, Star Trek Legos. That's just that's, yeah. We, that's I will be checking that whole, out. No whole new yeah. world for me. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like I really, I really, really have wanted Star Trek Legos for a long time, and I wish Lego would get the license. But I think because they've got Star Wars, they're probably not going to touch Star Trek. Anytime oh, soon. that makes sense. Um, okay. So this is this is a close. This is a very close alternative. Yeah. And my only real disappointment is that Blue Bricks doesn't appear to do anything resembling a minifig, because I I would be like all over Star Trek minifigs in a heartbeat, oh. and oh, uh, yeah. it's just not it, it's just not something they can do. I think I think Lego might still have the the patent or whatever for the actual minifig design, and oh, uh, um, so but the models are great. So uh, you know yeah. check out the models. Uh, if you get a chance to. So uh, enough of that digression, though. Uh, no, I, no, I, oh, we great. don't have digressions here. We have, yeah. we have topics. We don't yeah. digress. Yeah. We just, we just. Before you go into your topics. topics, though, before you go into your topics, yeah, yeah. I want to go all the way back and finally, finally answer your question. Yeah. Uh, the the big thing that's been on my mind lately that's not Star Trek, that's not day job, that's not life, that's not yeah. you know my life and all that stuff is um, I am I have been aware because we went to. Uh, we, we actually took a, my son was on spring break a couple of weeks ago. And so we went to, we took a day trip or we took a, a weekend, a week long trip. Can't get the words out. Uh, we went to Williamsburg, which is, you know, here in, here nice. in Virginia. It's yeah. a colonial Williamsburg, great historical location. Yorktown and Jamestown are within a short drive from, uh, from uh, Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. We love going to Williamsburg. 
great colonial history and everything. And I was reminded, I should have known, but I was reminded that like we are right on the cusp of the 250th anniversary of like everything to do with the Revolutionary War, right? But like we're oh, we're right geez. 2023. We're within a we're we're within a year of a lot of stuff happening mm-hmm. 250 years ago. And uh, and that has rekindled my interest in uh, all things uh, colonial American and Rev War. In fact, most of these books that you see behind me, again, uh, sorry, re- listeners, you can't see it, but I'm in the middle of, of redoing my bookshelves and I'm moving all of my history stuff over to where the Star Trek stuff is. And I'm going to put the Star Trek yeah. stuff behind me. But I, I just because I live in Alexandria, which is like, you know, very, very colonial America and mm-hmm. Mount Vernon, George Washington's home is just down the street, like literally 10 minutes away. Um, we are steeped in colonial American history here and Rev War history and George Washington and, you know, yep. Thomas Jefferson, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that has rekindled my interest in wanting to do some volunteer work for some of the local um, historical sites. Oh, cool. And I know that there's a couple of uh, living history groups in the area that do, you know, reenactments and, and living history and that kind of stuff. And it dawned on me <laughs> that that the 250th anniversary Blitzkrieg is going to be happening here in the next couple of years, probably for the next 10 years. Right. It's like. Like if I want to get into it, like this is the right time to do it, right? Do a little effort, you know, get yep. uh, lose a few of the extra winter poundages, you know, <laughs> and uh, and and you know buy into the uniform and the clothing and stuff, and then start seriously getting into the, yeah. the history and the and the volunteerism and stuff, because the next ten to fifteen years, there's going to be plenty of stuff to right. do because there's just so much around it. Uh, anyway, so that's what I've been thinking about a lot is like how do I how do I fit that in? Yeah. In addition to day job, family, Star Trek, everything else, and like I haven't made that work yet, so I'm I'm thinking about it, but I'm just not quite sure how it's all going to add up. So uh, we'll have to take this. We'll have to go offline because I have connections to Williamsburg. That, so and oh, and good. I grew up. There's a big historical site here in in Wisconsin. They call it Old Wisconsin. They bring in buildings and and create a village, create a German area, a Finn Dane area, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, so I have a and and if and if for a deep cut. You can actually, there is a video out on YouTube of me as a 13-year-old in a historic educational video that they used in schools um, with me playing a 13-year-old in a one-room schoolhouse duck, duck, goose. How have I never seen that? I don't even know if Jason ever told me that. I might have. I went to different school districts where I work. And took the tapes out because I didn't <laughs> want people to see it where I worked. So, and and I have I have the BCR, but someone put it out on YouTube. Um, my name isn't tied to it, so you can't search by my name. But I have a whole history thing with my family, so you and I could probably talk for another hour yeah. about this stuff. And the sure. guy that used to run Old World Wisconsin ended up going out to Colonial Williamsburg. Yeah, I became the curator, one of the curators there. Oh, so I spent a lot of time there growing up. Oh, that was a field trip for us. So, yeah, yeah, we can, we will love it. Well, well, love fantastic, fantastic love stuff. Yeah. So, Jim, is there? I mean, so trek wise. Oh, so, wait, 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 but before we oh, keep yeah, going, no, 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 it's okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to wait. Hold on, before we go to trek, I just curious. I know you haven't figured out how it's going to work yeah. into your open schedule, but still, like ignoring that, is is there something or some direction? you would like to try to pursue like is there something that just looks particularly interesting if you could get it done man that's a great question i think in an in an ideal world 
I would get my son interested enough into it that he would come yeah, with me cool. and do it and do the, the do the like the costume interpretation and the volunteering and like even if we were to join the local regiment and uh, and get involved in that because they're they're pretty family focused which is good um, but they do a lot of events in and around the eastern seaboard because there's just so much colonial stuff that goes on yeah. but um, if I couldn't get him into it fortunately at this point he's old enough now that he's a little bit more self sufficient. And, and I don't feel like I have to be like, you know, around him all the time. Like he's actually able to go off and do his own things from time to time. I, I'm at the point now where I think I could probably take a weekend and say, you know what? Daddy's going to go do daddy things and go volunteer at the museum or go go do a um, living history event or something. Yeah. And I don't think it would be any issues like splitting the workload with my with my partner. Right. We, we do a pretty good job co-parenting. And um, so I think if I couldn't get him involved and like do the do the father son thing. And do cool stuff, um, you know, cooking over campfire and uh, learning how to do black black powder musketry, and just and but most but most important to me personally is like learning the history and then sharing the history, right? Like sharing it with people yeah. who don't know the that's history because really cool. that's what living historians do, right? It's like I would love to be able to do that, um, and then barring that, if like that wasn't really an option, um, you know, you know, partly beside the fact that I hate standing in the heat. And uh, you know, wearing yeah, yeah. wearing yeah, wool uniforms in the middle of the summer, yeah. in the middle of the Virginia summer, not oh. not great, <laughs> right? No. Um, but barring that, I think um, historical sites in downtown Alexandria that would very easily be something I could go spend a yeah. day volunteering at. That's in, really cool. You know, in costume or out of costume, and just and just in you know interpret for for visitors or whatever. Um, and then if for some reason they decided that they didn't want me as an interpreter. Um, I could easily volunteer my uh, my writing, editing skills, secretarial skills, that kind of stuff, and just do backstage, you know, behind yeah. the scenes yeah. stuff, inventorying, you know, doing whatever stuff they need done for mm -hmm. their history, living history, or uh, mm -hmm. uh, documentation, et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think there's plenty of opportunities. I think I just need to focus down and figure out like what do yeah. I really want to do, <laughs> and I'm not there I, yet. That's really good for you. That's but really you cool. have a because you have you know they give you. They give you the books, the interpreter books, because I did that when I was out here. But you said you have a passion for it. Those will just be you'll read them and all that, but you'll just soak it up anyway. You'll right? start editing and them, them, making corrections. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try to. I mean, you know, there, there's yeah, a, you there's will. a certain yeah. value in that, though. Honestly, like, yes. like if you're volunteering, and, like if you volunteer and, and you see the documentation, and you're like, you know, you're, you've been using this documentation for how long? Well, let's clean it up a little bit. Now it's better. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when I'm gone, then the next generation will have yeah. something better. Yeah. But, you know, always leave it better than you found it, right? That's the old yeah. Boy Scout way. Yeah. So, uh, when you just, you've <laughs> anyway. got so but many. Now we got something else to talk about. See? Yeah. You, but you got, you just by you, There's... you have, you've got so many national and state historical sites, right? Which have such yeah. high visitation. Yeah. I mean, that even those little things can make a significant impact on public education over the years. Really? Yeah. I mean, Virginia. Um, just in, in terms of sheer numbers of historical sites is pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, partly because like so much of the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812 and the Civil War were all fought right. here, right? I mean, yeah. it's, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a native son of Virginia, but uh, I've been here long enough that I kind of feel like it sometimes. That's cool. Uh, but I mean, like the, the ground around here is like just completely blood soaked. Yeah. You know, there's, there's just so much history. Like you can't, you can't walk anywhere without stumbling on a historical marker or a you know historical site or something or whatever but uh yeah yeah it's a it's a good problem to have that is cool 
See, you you just think you're going to come on here and talk Star Trek, and look what happens. <laughs> we talk Legos, we talk U.S. history. Yeah, we could. There's so many different topics that, that we yeah. can discuss. So, I I am curious. I I don't know what? if this is bringing us to Star Trek, back to Star Trek or not. When we logged on, you were wearing an exceptionally impressive hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how yeah. to just I I'm not entirely sure how to describe it. It would I I don't know how to. It was like a huggy bear hat, but for a Wookie. Like it was a massive hat. Um, <laughs> it took up the whole camera, and I got it. Yeah, it. It's, it was it's the pretty. biggest hat I could find on Amazon. It's, it's <laughs> a big, gigantic foam cowboy. There it is. Right. Okay. But I turned it around so that. You, the star because the star is kind of dumb looking yes but i, I went on amazon because like uh, you know uh, michael dismuke and i michael dismuke is one of um mm-hmm. one of my uh sda writers and he yeah. he and i do a podcast every week called it's wonderful. conversations yeah and, and all we do is talk about star trek adventure yep and uh we are starting to record a series of videos about the lower decks book and nice. um and so I, I i when we did that first when we did when we did that first night session I was like, I want to surprise him because normally we're just we're we're such an we're in such a routine now that there's no surprise. And so I put the hat on and I turned my camera on and like immediately he burst out laughing because we were going to talk about lower decks. We were going to talk about pack leads and you know, the pack leads. The the emperor of the pack leads is the one with the biggest hat. So of course yes. I got the hat on. Nice, there it <laughs> and, is. Uh, okay. And we just had a great time from there. But I, I thought I thought you'd appreciate the hat, but I, like yeah. when I saw the look in both of your eyes, you had that moment of like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, you guys haven't been. You need to study up on your lower decks. <laughs> well, Jason would get it for me. Like I said, I, it reminded me of an SNL skit from eons yeah. ago. That was the first thing when I uh, see. No, those. I, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. Assume, it's like a hundred gats, yeah, not a ten gat. Right, right. It's a hundred. It screamed lower decks to me. I, I it, but, yeah. but I mean, in retrospect, the biggest hat is so obvious. That that connection, I didn't make i thought the hat with the style and the flamboyancy and the, like it's like that's lower decks but yeah uh, the big that, that was well done that was good it's subtle kind of a deep cut i like that <laughs> i just think well, it's I mean, one, subtle as a big hat can be, right? subtle as a big hat can be that's right um man talk okay yeah. so let's let's if we if we may we'll talk about lower decks and sta you have been teasing yeah, sure, and we're yeah. so grateful for it you've been teasing uh photos of pages and it just looks beautiful i mean it, it really it looks so good so so lower decks yeah yeah, yeah thanks i so yeah um what was it uh was it three weeks ago now yeah so i mean just i think we've yeah. talked about this before just as, as part of the overall production process right we we get the digital file all cleaned up and pretty for the printer and then we send it over to the printer yeah. and the printer does a series of page proofs right so they do they do um, yep. the 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 interior of the book, and then they send us a copy of it that's unbound, right? So it's just the it's just the the um, yes. the signature okay. of the pages, right? So it's a stack mm-hmm. of pages that are that are unbound, and uh, and I go through those just to make sure that everything looks right. You know, I don't do an, an edit pass on it at that stage because by that point, if if I miss something in editing, then it's my fault, <laughs> and then right. we just move on. Right. Uh, but right. I'm just looking at it to make sure the colors are right, to make sure that there's nothing out of alignment, that we didn't miss anything obviously stupid like a like a footer out of alignment or something. And then uh, and then I give them my approval and off we go. Right. But then what happens is I got this stack of pages and it's like, well, what the heck do I do with these? Like, do I throw them away? Do oh, I keep cool. them? Is it yeah. Like, what do I do with these? It's like it's like 20 signatures. There's, I mean, this is a 240 page book, right? So I got this stack of stuff. 
and uh, I'm like, well, the you know the advertising blitz won't happen for a couple of mm-hmm. or a few weeks or maybe a month. So like, what do I do? And it's like, well, wait a minute. What if I took a picture and just threw some yeah. teasers up there on the on the on the web once a once a week or something? And uh, over the years, Modifius has noticed that like people like that. They like blog posts. They like little teases. Oh, they yeah. like to see kind of what's happening. And uh, you know, Twitter and Discord and social media and whatnot is is powerful. And so mm-hmm. uh, I've just been teasing it once a week. I just find random little pieces of it that I think would that's be cool. fun and interesting for fans mm-hmm. to get excited about. Mm-hmm. And I throw those teasers up there. So that's been working. Um, I, I have to apologize. I really wanted to surprise you guys tonight. And now, I, again, I know you don't do a video show. You do an audio show. But um, the uh, the printer also sends out a um, a print proof, like a fully bound actual book. Oh, cool. Book, yeah. Um, as, part of the, as, as part of the overall process. And um, they shipped it last Tuesday. It was supposed to be here Saturday, but it oh, got held man. up in customs in New York. Oh, and man. It was supposed to arrive today. And uh, I haven't shipped. I, I have all my stuff shipped to my my um, my uh, my uh, um, my company, my, my personal company. My mailbox at the UPS store. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they close at seven and they tried to deliver at 730. So I was like, because oh. I was watching the tracker, I was like, oh, if it, if it gets there in time, I can go pick oh, it up after uh, the show. Uh, yeah. But it we appreciate the thought. Time, so I won't get yeah. it until like tomorrow or Wednesday. So yeah. I really wanted to show you the actual book itself, but uh, I couldn't do that. So I apologize. That no, I no. Have a cool surprise for you. That um, that would be. And I, but yeah, no, we I'm were, gratified. Just like, for, for those that. The, uh, for, the I was going to say for those, and I think I probably have lag in here a little bit. We can oh, hear that's you. Okay. Uh, yeah. that's okay. We'll, we'll okay. I was just going to say for those that maybe not are catching up, when are you going, or when do you think uh, pre-orders are going to open for it? Uh, pre-orders should open. I think. I think we're planning the first week of June. Oh, so fair. pretty pretty nice. soon here now. But three weeks, three weeks, four weeks. It's already mid. It's, well, it's not mid. It's not. No, it's almost mid-May, isn't it? Good grief. Where's this year going? Yeah. Um. So I think I think we're looking at early June, uh, like maybe the either the first week or the second week. I have to go look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll go pre-order in June, and um, uh, barring any surprises, this book will be available at Gen Con. So that's the uh, first week of August, and that, that'll oh. be a worldwide. Uh, that'll be a worldwide release. So um, all, I get... all at once, we'll have we should have it everywhere. That's okay. So that actually, I was going to ask. I was. I'm just. I've been curious about this, but that answers the question. I last time we chatted with you, like at, at this level of depth, um, you guys were still having all kinds of of shipping and procurement, right? I mean, just everything was still lagging from the pandemic. Sounds like like you guys have navigated mm-hmm. that. Like that's that's done. That's better. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that Modifius can take a lot of credit for it, and not to uh, you know, it's no slight no, against no. Modifius. I yeah. think in general, global shipping has improved yeah. to the point where I think um, I think my logistics guy told me that in general stuff is getting from the UK to America in about five and a half weeks where during the pandemic it was like 12 weeks and up right, right. and and like I remember when we did the um, uh, a couple of years ago when we did the player guide and game master guide like those books took like six months to get from the UK yeah. to oh, US. Oh, yeah. And, and it wasn't just it wasn't just the it was the boat it was the railway yeah. it was the it was the ports closing because yep. of, of covid it was mm-hmm. just I mean, it was just every possible thing you could think it was going mm-hmm. wrong um but now it seems to have kind of sorted itself out you know as as things tend to do uh so you know that's knock great. on wood we'll have yeah. next we'll have and you know don't quote me on it but uh, yeah. that's my that's my expectation like barring some other surprise that we can't, we can't <laughs> what proceed. could possibly go wrong <laughs> 
yeah, exactly. Uh, but right now it's, the plan is the, the pre-order will go up in June. And uh, like all of our books, the, uh, the PDF will be available the moment you pre-order. So yeah, you pre-order it, you get the book right away. Brad and I were talking about this earlier today. Modifius is so good about that that like i think like when i ordered the game master yeah. and the player's guides i mean those did take for essential i mean those were probably close to six months um but but i you know i chose to stay away from the pdf because i really wanted to just have the experience with the book but with something like this mm -hmm. if it takes a couple of months i will absolutely jump into the pdf right away so that we can yeah. play geek out etc yeah. so i don't want to i don't want to cross the line here and you, you can yeah. just tell us no but is given we're approaching so this will drop this will drop on the 12th of june so probably not too far up or down from when pre-orders come out um but i'm just curious um if there's anything you want to, to <laughs> very nice friend if there's anything you want to you can tell us or tease anything you're particularly proud of um in terms of the lower decks book um yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, being the proud papa, I'm, I'm proud of all of it. But <laughs> well, of course, uh, I think what I really, what I really appreciate about what the team did with the lower decks book is that we were able to pack it full of so much content that isn't directly related to the TV show, right? Like it's oh. not just the stuff you see on screen. It's, it's like we, we added a lot of stuff about like. In terms of course, it's a role playing game, right? So we really tried to fill it up with content that would be useful for players and game masters to like get into the lower decks mindset and to think about what can I do if I'm playing a lower decks character? Like, what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about my career. I'm thinking about career opportunities. I'm thinking about oh. what are my senior officers going to be expecting me to do or not expecting me to do? Like, what kind of menial tasks could I be responsible for? That might have nothing to do with my job and nothing Beautiful. to do with my aspirations, yeah. but it's going to help me build skills that I will need to move on in life, right? Yeah. So it was weird because like part of the time I was working on the book and editing, and I was like, man, I feel like I'm in HR, like like <laughs> like uh, you know, writing this stuff. Like you know, hey, young young Starfleet officer, you know, you, you may be asked to do things that have nothing to do with your career aspirations, but That's here's awesome. why because it's going to be building character. Not not you know game character, but like your your personality yeah, character. Yeah. Um. So we we added a lot of stuff in that. It, it reminded me a little bit of the discovery campaign guide that we did, where on yeah. the surface level you're saying it's all about discovery, but if you dig a little deeper, there's a lot more there. It's like because we're, we're connecting the tissue between Enterprise and original series and Discovery, and we're adding all that other context that you need as a role player to be more to be more authentic in your role playing. If you get into that level of detail with role playing. Which I think Star Trek really lends itself to, yeah. as opposed to I'm just going to go in and 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 bash the Jemadar, bash the guns or whatever. Which is fine if that's how you want to play it. But I think Star Trek really lends itself to character, character development, character drama, and as a role player and a gamer, like the more backstory context we have, the more, in my opinion anyway, and it, this will probably sound like you know snooty and whatever, but like the more stuff I have in my brain. The more authentically I can come to the table and play a, a really yeah, good Star Trek character, a good Star Trek character, and so we tried to pack the book just full of all this stuff. That's right, so we're cool. talking about lower, the lower decks experience, like what's it like to be a lower decks officer, as opposed to like the bridge staff, right? It's a very, I mean, clearly the show shows us a very different existence between the lower deckers and the and the senior officers. And I, I remember that one episode where, um, you know, Mariner gets 
promoted as a punishment, yes. right? So, yes. so she had to experience life as a senior officer as opposed to a junior officer. And she hated it because she used to be a senior officer and she, she thought it sucked because you had so many more demands on your time yes. and so many expectations. Um, and I thought, oh, what a great idea. Let's find a way to pack that into the book That's and, cool. and give people ideas. So we included stuff like that. I'm really proud of that. Um, I think the other thing I'm really proud of is that um, we decided early on in the design process to uh, to make the entire book lower decks art style. So instead yeah. of using our I instead of using our, our, our instead of using our paintings and our yeah. and our CGI art and the other great art that we do in the other books, we decided to go fully into that lower decks art style. And uh, I am enormously grateful that Paramount let us use screenshots from the show. So we were able okay. to pull high res screen caps off the show in, in you know strategic areas where it made yes. sense to. Uh, Illuminate, illuminate the text as we were going. Um, so you'll see in the book, like it's all, I mean, it's all lower decks. And uh, we were able to, like my art director, Ariel Oria, who's who's brilliant. He was able to source a whole bunch of artists who could do art in the lower deck style. So yep. when you're flipping through the book, you're gonna, you're gonna see art that is clearly pulled from the show because they're screenshots, but also a lot of original art that is almost indistinguishable from the lower decks um style right so cool so i'm just really excited about that because we were able to add so much more to the book i mean the screenshots are huge huge help i mean Mm. not just financially because it didn't cost us anything (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, uh, just just to add that extra element of look and feel and and like the the graphic designer was able to like when we when we had you know those little oddball sections of a page that don't have text and you just need something to do with it he was able to force stuff out of the show and drop it in there so like you'll see a lot of the a lot of the creatures that lower decks um introduces in the in the series you'll see a lot of the creatures a lot of the npcs a lot of the characters a lot of the ships all, just all that great art that you've seen in lower decks you'll see it in the book so I, i'm really proud of the fact that uh, like just look and feel wise this book is really really solid and uh, i'm i'm just that's excited for fans to finally get 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 a hold of it and and, and enjoy it that's really and you said really how many cool. pages how many it was 240 something did i hear uh, that is yeah i think um I think it ended up at it ended up at yeah 240 including the index wow. right so i'm uh, trying to that's it and so you would think, yeah go ahead. oh i was just because that's that's on the heftier side isn't it compared to i mean like yeah, shackleton is big yeah right um shackleton was a monster yeah, well, yeah shackleton was like 310 pages. that's what i thought okay. <laughs> that was all work. yeah wow and, then, and the klingon the klingon, the klingon core book was 400 uh shackleton was another that. 310 okay uh, the discovery book, the the discovery campaign guide, that was two forty. Okay. Um, right. And so, like you know, I, I I try not to write such big books, or I try not to develop such big books. But like once we get into it, I mean, obviously I have a budget and I have an art budget and a and a you know overall budget that I have to you know adhere to. But once we get into it, it's like, oh yeah, this is all really good content. And like we don't get scope creep, like we don't change the scope as we're going because that would be just irresponsible. Um, but uh, I, I think it's just it's just how it plays out. It's like this this topic, this subject matter, really deserves a big meaty treatment to it. And you know, sure, I probably could have cut some stuff out of it, but I think to bring it to bring it to the fullest possible quality and level of content and stuff for the fans, it it, it really warranted a big book, <laughs> right? That's, so oh, we'll, that's I mean, great. we'll see. Like if we have to, if we have to, if we have to reprint it at some point, we'll see what the cost is, but. Uh, We'll see how it goes. I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be a, it's, I mean, truly it's a love letter to Star Trek and the lower decks and it's for the fans. And like, you know, I'm a fan and 
this is the kind of book that I would want on my shelf. So hopefully the fans will agree. <laughs> we'll oh, see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see it, see the hear the feedback just because I could see even a different type of a different group of folks that could really get into role playing just based off of yeah, seeing absolutely. that book. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm. So you know, if folks want to dive in, I mean, obviously they can grab it in PDF only. They could, you know, um, Jason, you know, Jason started with the rules digest, but graduated to the full core rule book. Nice. I've just been doing it in, in, in reverse, but look, I, I, it's, I'm cheap and I'm choosy and, and it works for me, you know, but when my, my, yeah, God, no, no, I'm not knocking. No, I I'm know. just saying that people can get into it. I'm not trying to shill or, or sell, but people can get into the game easily. Yeah. And quickly, I mean, even with the quick start and with lower oh. decks, I could see folks doing that. Just just a different group, a, a new type of role player that would would yeah. love to try it. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, I think uh, I think you could easily take the quick start. Uh, I mean, here's a here's a dirty secret, right? Like you could take the quick start and the free character builder app that's out there. And the lower decks book, and for a fairly minimal investment, oh, you've yeah. got years of gaming, and you're done. Right, you can, you're good to go. And uh, like that's horrible for me as a project manager to, to <laughs> say that, but like it, I'm just being honest, right? Like, look, yeah. we we are blessed to have uh, BC Holmes, who's a who's a super fan. She she maintains the um, the the character app, like like a, a oh, pre her predecessor okay. built it and developed it as a fan. And we we were like, yeah, go for it, because yeah, we knew it was a great tool, and it didn't cost it didn't cost Medivius anything to do it, other than you know gratitude and maybe sending some free PDF, PDFs their way. Yep. Uh, but BC has been really really intentional about maintaining it and even expanding it. Like she's added a lot of stuff to that builder app. That if you aren't checking it out, you should absolutely go check it out. Brad, Brad, oh, you yeah. were Brad was in it last night. We were kind of doing an online informal sesh zero, and it's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's impressive and you can choose the sources i mean for jason right. and i doing this oh my god we chose just the core but mm. you could add in any of the sources mm. the, right. the divisions books or the it you is know impressive. all that utopia yeah. it's really impressive yeah um and it made it really easy to to create a character and mm -hmm. in all honesty it actually allowed us to kind of drill down into some of those areas where we really had to be thoughtful like values yep. and things like that yeah yep. it was kind of a so, tutorial yeah. along the way yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, yeah. quick question. And this is, and again, I'm, this is more curiosity on my part because I'm a fanboy. Um, you know, one of the things that, that Jason and I are going to do is we're going to kind of, we're going to stay out of canon because we don't want to touch canon when we play, but we're going to play in like the 25th century. Yep. Um, uh -huh. generically generally you know and utopia gives us the ability to choose starships that exist from that period and all yep. of that yep. um have you heard from folks that are creating like um house content and again i'm not looking for spoilers or anything like that i'm just saying in general are you hearing from folks that do that as well more personal curiosity than anything just in terms of like they're creating their own content for the 25th century. Is that, is that what you're shooting at? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm wondering if you're hearing, if you're just kind of hearing from the, from the fan base and everything uh -huh. about it. Cause I have yeah. to imagine there's some interest now. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. yeah, and there's, and there's no spoilers here. I'm not, there's no problem at all. Like, so Star Trek online, their timeline is in the early 25th century, like 24, 10 to 24, yeah. like in that, in that early 25th century. Yep. And uh, a lot of fan. I mean, obviously, Star Trek Online's been around for ten years. They have a huge fan base, which is fantastic. And uh, like, I, I've been on the, I've been on the subreddit and on the um the Medivius forums and Discord. 
like there are people out there happily using Utopia Planitia to create to create their own space frames, yeah. and also to recreate Star Trek online ships into Star Trek adventures. Yeah, and uh, I think I don't know for sure, but anecdotally, I've heard a number of different groups are playing in the 25th century, partly because at, over 10 years, Star Trek Online has had so many great storylines that they've developed, and they've kind of added to their own their own version of canon um, that that fans like are, who are very familiar with that canon are taking that and just running with it right mm-hmm. and then yeah. and adding their own stories to it so i think you know if you want to go into the 25th century and do your own thing it's a wide open canvas certainly i mean uh, you know the third season of picard gave us some oh some God. ideas and, and a whole bunch of new ships to play with um but i think even if you were to use the end of picard season three as a springboard you could go any any number of directions with what they've done in that series um and uh because like between the 25th century and the 27th century, like at some point the temporal cold war is going to happen, but yeah. that's kind of vague and squishy. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you don't get anything until the 32nd century, right? So at some point in there, the burn happens. Yep. Um, and then discovery 32nd century, you know, resolves that. So yeah, going into the 25th century, you got a huge slate. I mean, gosh, there's just so many things you could do, right? I mean, we could be here all day riffing on what you could do with oh the, my God. the, the yeah. post- the post Dominion War, post Nemesis, post Lower Decks, That's and right. now post Hard yep. time frame. There's just a lot of there's a lot of hanging Open threads space. there that it you has, can pull on. And and so many they have put I, I kind of loaded I uh, go ahead, Jason. Well, I was just gonna say they've put so many they've dangled so many threads, right? It was so well written and produced. There are so many teases that they've set up for people to hang on, if you will. Um yeah. I mean, it's like you said, initially, it's like a golden age, right? Yeah, it really is. And uh, like at some point, I think we want to do, like we haven't greenlit it, but at some point we want to do a something Picard, whether it's a book or it's a series of books or it's yeah. like spread out over different books. I, like, I haven't quite figured out what that looks like yet. But um, yeah, just looking at Picard, the three seasons of Picard, which were so different from each other in a lot of different ways, they dropped so much stuff into those three seasons that you could pull threads on all day long and you still wouldn't get to the end of it. Like the, the first season was kind of Romulan-y. Mm-hmm. And the second season was kind of, you know, time travel, alternate history. And then at the very end, they dropped it in this whole Borg thing with the with the weird space creature that, uh, you know, Borgati well, no, no, but, protecting. But, but, and then they just then, walked away from that. And then they walked away from it. And then yeah. season three, you got the Borg and the Dominion. And yeah. it's like, Oh boy, they really they covered a lot of it, a lot of territory, and uh, intentionally or not, like there's just so many threads mm-hmm. just hanging there that uh, that like obviously the production team will go off and do whatever they do, whether whether yeah. they do another series or not. But right. that's the kind of like like I feel like they took well, I, I feel like they had this you know they had this gigantic jigsaw puzzle, and maybe they didn't know what the picture was, <laughs> right? Yeah. But they yeah. like took the lid off and they did, they just dumped all the pieces on top of the Star Trek fans. And as uh, as uh, you know, the role playing game company uh, that's you know currently running the the RPG side of things, like like my team and I, we have to take all those pieces and like, what the <laughs> hell do we do with this? Like, what what what, what, what picture are we going to put together that kind of makes sense? And uh, certainly, our guess is going to be as good as any other person's guess. And what we've tried to do is we've tried not to intentionally add anything yeah because like we i mean none of the stuff we do is canon but what we try to do is we try to present canon as we understand it 
and then try to extrapolate, okay, where can you go from here? How does this kind of fit together? How does this relate to Lower Decks or to Prodigy or to the end of Nemesis or whatever? Like, what's the what's the through line? And I think yeah. that's going to be a real challenge for me and my team when we finally get around to doing Picard in a real serious manner is like, okay, they gave us all these pieces, like, like knowing what we know from legacy canon and the movies and what yeah. they're doing in Lower Decks and whatever they're doing in Prodigy, like, how do we make it make sense, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. To an extent that we're not adding anything because we don't want the licensor to be mad at us to say, yeah. oh, well, you're adding all this stuff. Where did you get this stuff from? It's like, well, we're just making it up. But, uh, you know, we don't know where they're going to go next with the next TV series or whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't know if there's going to be a Star Trek legacy picking up the thread from right. the end of the card. You know, there might be. We don't know. Um, but in the meantime, we've got products to make and we got to connect the dots because that's what the fans want. And, yeah. and like certainly the fans can do it on their own. But there's always that contingent of fans that like want it, want to be told what's happening as opposed to just taking the, the, the toolbox and go making yeah. their own thing. And that's and that's fine, too. Um, so I, I don't know. It's an interesting challenge, but I, I will admit that like uh, my 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 writers and I like every night when we're watching, you know, uh, Star Trek, we'll, we'll be texting back and forth like, "That's cool." Where are they going with this? What are we gonna do? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then like the next episode, okay, now it sort of makes sense. But what about this and this and this? And then uh, you know, by the end of the the final episode, it was just like like if you look at my Facebook uh, um, chat, it's like just. Layers of layers, <laughs> layers of questions. Like, what about this? What about this? Why did they do this? Why do they do this? What was the Borg's plan? Why would they do this? Blah 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 blah. And it's like, oh man, all these questions we're gonna have to figure out a way to answer. Like, like, yeah. well, that's a sidebar. That's a sidebar. That's a three-page essay. That's you know, and we're just trying to like figure out how it all works. And uh, and then of course you you get into the inevitable nitpicking, right? Like, yeah. does that really make sense? That doesn't make any oh, sense. Yeah. Why would they do that? Come on, why would you do that? Yeah. It's a, we don't want to say, you know, we're certainly not going to say that they're lazy writers because writers work hard, but, but like, it, it's just one of those things. And this is true for a lot of TV series, not just Star Trek, where if you start looking at it really closely and you start picking at the threads, mm-hmm. the thing just kind of unravels and you're like, oh, why did I pull that thread? I should have just left it alone and just enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I feel like we can't do that. I feel like, you know, I feel like it's my responsibility yeah. to take what we know about Star Trek, about Star Trek canon. And, and present it in such a way for gamers and fans that it makes sense so that you can then build your campaigns and your stories off of a baseline. We give you a, a baseline that I think, you know, or that I hope makes sense and then let Canon be what Canon is and then let players and game masters do their own thing uh, from there. But uh, it, it's always a balancing act. Well, we can only we're only going to talk about certain bits. There's a lot more that we'll digest and, yeah. and talk about after our, the next episode, but I am, I know you are. Um, I'm excited for the lower decks source. Book. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, to be honest with you, you know, we don't get any inside info. We never ask. Jim never tells he's professional no. that way. So when I saw the announcement, when you mentioned to me, I think you caught the announcement before I did, I didn't get a chance to get in my email. I was surprised because I didn't know that that would be the one that would come next. I thought we would see no. a, an additional source book maybe for Discovery. Or Picard. Or, or Picard. Yeah. Or something like that. I was not expecting Lower Decks. So I was actually surprised just because I think that is, I think we talk about this. I can't remember at what point. Um, that's a great additional entry point to the game. 
Oh yeah. For those that maybe want watch lower decks, haven't played or watched watched other series or played the game, but maybe want to play in the lower decks world. Oh, I I agree. I mean, you know, Jim is big on entry points. Jim wants yeah. people in the game, and I think that's that's. And you and I have talked about this quite a bit off air. That's one of the best things I think he has done for. Uh, that franchise or that IP, I should say, with Modifius, that they put out so much free and inexpensive PDF-based material that oh, yeah. you can you can get into. It. I mean, man, when when the the project manager says, "Okay, actually, you can buy the Rules Digest and one of the adventures, and boom, you're good to go." It's like, okay. Obviously, you want to make money for the company, but clearly your primary goal is to get players into Star Trek adventures. And so huge props to him for that. Yeah. All right, let's walk over to the GM corner. Brad, what has been on your table as of late? Well, uh, what has been? Yeah, what has been? Well, no, no, there are things that I'll that you think I'm going to talk about, but I'm not going to talk about this week. Um, I'm going to wait and talk about that in the next. Okay, episode. fair enough. Um, but you know what I didn't realize is I didn't do a good enough job keeping up with the reward points I had from Modifius from ordering. Oh yeah, we talked about this last yeah. time. That did we talk about mind. this online? We did. Yeah, we, it's but it's worth mentioning again. And I picked up some great, no charge, including shipping. It was $0, which is exactly yeah, what I need right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I have um, Iron Sword, Sword uh, is it Starforged. Starforged. Oh, yeah. Starforged. I, I still am interested. And um, also Forbidden Lands. There's another yeah, one, but yeah. I'm going to save that for next time. Yeah. Um, Forbidden Lands is the one that I've really been working on. You can do that solo or cooperative. Um, I've started to dink around with that, but other things, which I'll talk about next time, I've yep. kind of gotten in the way. You know that. Yep. Yep. Um, but I'll be perfectly honest with you. Really, when it comes right down to it, um, Trek and the age system, um, just because we have been playing in Trek and we've talked about, we want to do it. We want to have a fantasy game on deck. Um, yep. And we're going to use the age system for that. That's it. I think you actually, um, I'm going to spoil it a little bit just because yes. you picked up the science division. Oh, I, I did. I, when, when we I was sp- reading that after yeah. you said that you bought that. Yes. And- I, and I, I thank you for, for that. It wasn't your intention, but that encouragement, because when we decided it's time to play, we're going to play and teach ourselves Star Trek adventures. Finally, mm-hmm. long overdue. You said to me right off the bat, you really want to play science missions. You want to play as a science officer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, there's the justification I need to pick up the science source book. This which, was after you fell to the floor when you were shocked at the idea, that, or when you were shocked that well, I actually brought that up. Well, no, so. it's funny because it's like I'm the one who's like, oh, let's let's go shoot some things. Right. It's so different. It, yeah. I know. And you're like, oh, let's do something cerebral. And that's, yeah. I'm making fun here, but it's like, we've never really talked about playing science type missions before, like missions no. of discovery, first contact, et cetera. And you were like, you really want to do that. And so I, 
I grabbed the science handbook, the science, huh? the science source book. And it's so good. Like everything STA puts out, but it's, it's so well done. And it's such an interesting read. It gets you even further into the world building that, that you and I care so much about. Yeah. So I think at that point, we're going to leave it because there was so much from Jim. And this, this, our friends, is part one of a 15 – no, I'm just kidding. It's part <laughs> one of a two-part sequence. So we're going to bid you farewell at this point. In two weeks, come back for part two of this, believe it or not, fourth interview with Jim Johnson where uh, we're going to – have more of where we've been in this episode but man then we really branch out in some ways that really really intrigue the two of us as always be well stay well we'll see you in a couple of weeks